Hey there, everybody. Episode number 38. I'm, uh, gosh dang, 19 hours. <laughs> We're doing good. And I got so much to tell you guys. It, uh, it's actually pretty exciting to me because now in the story, we're actually in my favorite place. It, uh, it was just this, this place was the most impacting to me. You know, it's not that I didn't like the other places. It was just, this is the, this is the facility, Elkhorn Valley, Casper, Wyoming. This is the facility that starts to make my biggest gains and we're actually just about to start getting into that but before i get into that like always i hope everybody's having a good week it's wednesday it's hump day so i hope everybody's week is going great my week has been it's been busy i busted my butt all weekend as i stated in the in one of the last episodes there i was actually out doing some some work something pushing my limits i was testing testing my limits what what are my capabilities of and i am paying the price today <laughs> no i'm just i am really sore as yesterday by the time yesterday was over i was barely walking that's how bad it hurts but i'm in chronic pain all day every day and i don't take painkillers and do a bunch of crap to to uh try to get to get myself through the pain i just i i live with it i tolerate it and it it is not it's not easy you know going out and walking around all day on dislocated and broken bones um i really hope things make an advance in my direction to be able to set myself up to get that stuff fixed up i gotta i gotta do it but but no it was everything went great though i went out did a little work got set up dodged a few bill collectors <laughs> and the uh, story of my life right now them guys i told somebody yesterday i said if you're ever bored really bored just start calling bill collectors call them for for a change I and mean, that's pretty bored <laughs> so but no you can call them up it was funny though because yesterday too i also i internet social media is is so out of control right now this is this is what kills me Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, I mean, all of them now. They, they all have different regulations and different things you can and cannot say. So your freedom of speech, your freedom of expression, all that stuff is, is for lack of better words, bullshit when it comes to that kind of stuff. But now, however, you are in fact on private platforms. I get that. But here's the deal. Here's what kills me. This is what just cracks me up about this whole situation. I cannot say anything. If I so much, sometimes, and I've had this happen, I, I shoot. I go out. I love shooting my rifle. I'm good at it. It's something I enjoy doing. It's, it's, it's a good reliever for, for where it's where I can grab a hold of everything in life and let go of it all at once. You know, it just i love doing it it's one of it's one of my many passions and so i love doing that and i and i talk about it sometimes every now and then i will get on social media and i'll post something about yeah i uh shot the heck out of that target today and bam here's facebook uh threatening me with facebook jail because i was talking about shooting something and uh but yet at the same time some scammer 
can rob 30 million people all over the world using Facebook as their platform or their tool to scam people with and we can't get a beat on that crap drives me absolutely insane I don't get it I can say one thing and I'm in deep shit on Facebook but at the same time these guys can steal mil millions of dollars from innocent hardworking people and we can't get control of that I'm really I'm really questioning all that stuff but but that was actually happening yesterday. And I'm that guy that loves to screw with the scammers. <laughs> so yesterday, one of the local businesses here, one of the motel businesses here, they, they sent me a deal. I actually thought I had them, their page as one of the pages that I liked. And, and I get this random message from them. And it says, hey, how are you doing? And this and that. I'm just like, so at the top of the, the messaging bar or the page, you know, or the panel, when you open it up, when you open that screen up, right at the top of the bar, it'll say invite to messenger. That is number one, if they are already your friend and that is on that, that means they have been hacked. Guaranteed. I, I've been down that road 5 million times. Guaranteed though. That's why... When you're in like Facebook classifieds and stuff, if you see, oh my God, it's they're selling a 2005 Toyota Tacoma with only 100,000 miles, garage kept and hand polished by my grandmother once a week. And they are only asking $1,000 for that pickup. I will guarantee you when you open that up, send the quick message, is this available? If it sends one back right away that says, yeah, I'm selling this for my my uh, brother, dad. Uh, I'm selling this. Send an email to this email and they'll get you the details. Um, That's a scam, like straight up, because those people are not communicating with you directly through that. They are going to detour you out there. They're going to pack in. You're going to send something to them. And they're going to end up scamming you out a bunch of money. Don't do it. Do like I do and have fun with them. <laughs> so I get this message from the motel yesterday and they're asking me. And I knew right off the bat, like I said, it had the little ribbon at the top of the page. So they, they were scammers. I knew it right off the bat. They're like, how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing great. And obviously in about three messages they send that message so have you heard of the people's grant they they're helping millions of people all over the country it's uh yada 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 you could you could get up to twenty five thousand dollars by the end of the day or something you know so instead of being the being the gullible guy that a lot of people are in those situations most people are like oh my god how do i get in on that and the way i handle it i send a message back and i say yeah i did i actually got it they gave me half a million dollars <laughs> it throws them for a loop because you get this message back. are you serious really that's cool you know well then i then i then i gotta screw with them i gotta say i say some stuff to them and i just I bomb them out, but it's the same. It's the same thing with the guys that scam and make the phone calls, scamming people by telling them that their social security number was hacked, and then they want you to give them the full social security number. 
And like an old friend of mine who I actually just talked to a little bit ago, haven't heard from him in a long time. We've kind of not been seeing eye to eye and we just made some peace. So very thankful for that, I think. And uh, we were sitting there dealing with one of them guys one time and the guy was like, obviously from, from, from India or something. I can't remember. Uh, but, uh, but he, he's a contractor supposedly for the IRS and this and that, or for social security. Sorry. And, uh, he's like, all we need now is your full social security number. And that friend of mine, he's, we're all listening. We're all gathered up in a circle, listening to the conversation. And he starts telling them his social security number in quotes, uh, five, seven, six dollar sign heart a seven <laughs> he gives them a foot long number and it, that guy was pissed <laughs> like he was that guy gets back on the phone and he's like oh my god and like he was mad he knew that we knew we were on to him but but I have done that for years. I've gotten smart to them guys, and it's just some it's personal entertainment for me. I enjoy doing that. And uh, it's it's nice to get one up on those guys. I actually, if you go to my YouTube, Shane Ankeny, in there is my interview with a terrorist. And if you get into that and listen to it, I talked to this guy, I don't know, like 10, 15 minutes. And I actually get this guy to break. He's obviously a scammer. He's trying to scam me out of money. And I call him out on it. And I actually get him to open up and be honest with me as to why he, why he's trying to scam me out of money. And he starts going in about how he's going to college to be a manager for a hospitality company. And, and uh, it's like, man but that's the first one i've actually got to crack and i got it all on video <laughs> so it's on my youtube if you guys want to check that out but but no it's all about entertainment you got to do something there's life is life is a just a short piece of time if you move too fast you will pass that time you will go outside of that time and you will not live your life Okay, so you got to slow down and enjoy it every now and then. And that's actually part of where we're at in the story. We are at this part of the story where I'm still not loving life. I'm still bummed out. I'm not moving very much still. Just a recap on that. Legs, very, very minimal. Uh, don't have any strength in anything. I'm still not getting responses to different parts of my body. I'm still pretty paralyzed I, and I'm just, I'm just dead weight laying in a bed and, and people have to pick me up and move me around as they need, but I'm still bummed out about it. I'm in this nice new facility, Elkhorn Valley, great facility. I got a great doctor there. I've got great counselors or a great counselor coming in and starting to see me. I've got the best therapist I've ever encountered. Um, great great people in there and and i and so i've got i've got a good foundation for an attempt to make a good recovery the problem is, is i'm in this mode where i'm not enjoying anything I'm, I'm not enjoying my life and i'm not enjoying the fact that i'm not noticing any differences now 
part of that recap is I am talking again. I'm talking again, I, which is a huge milestone. I went almost seven months without talking and uh, because I was on the ventilator and we finally got my wind out of that and I was talking again. And that was like one of the biggest challenges I've ever faced in my life was being 100% paralyzed and not being able to talk. It makes it very difficult to get through anything in that condition. So being able to talk was a huge milestone. Okay. Well, moving my hands a little bit at the wrists and a little bit at my elbows, still huge milestones, but I wasn't understanding it. And as I said in the last episode, something that we noticed and that we started working on a lot was the fact that my body was really just locked up. It was locked up. It was deteriorated. I didn't have any muscle left. You can't move without without it. Like you gotta have that soft tissue in your body actually activating and actually doing its job. But it's also gotta have the strength to do it. So we came to the realization we are completely reconstructing my body. It's gone. I don't have any muscles. Now, nothing ever came back the way it was supposed to from my knees down to this day. But building some muscle, putting some weight back on. I lost so much weight. I I was nothing. I was a bag of bones and that's how it was. And that's what was in my head. And so it, it was really starting to really starting to mess with me. It was one of them things that, that my motivation was, was kind of trashed. I was having a hard time getting it back. I had some good people around me. I had Corey, I had him. Now I've got Amanda, the new my new therapist and uh and Sapon and and all these people I've got a good team but as you heard back 10 episodes ago I 15 maybe 15 episodes ago you'll know that my uncle told me in the pickup that day when they transferred me from Colorado to Wyoming it is all on you now what happens from here on out is on you. The ball is in your court. And he was, he, those words were the words that I really needed to be repeating in my head all the time. Instead of bumming out and stuff, I needed to be listening to those words. Cause it really was. And I had a good team, but that good team was not effective without my part of it and me doing my part of it. So that's the position I was in. I was back in this depression. I was just having a rough time. They were doing the the meetings and stuff, as I think I'd mentioned before, where the, the, they evaluate with your insurance and everything and the, in the case management and stuff, they evaluate what your progress and stuff is. I was getting into a position here where I was about to be screwed. There was, there was a point in time here, my evaluations were not matching up to what insurance wanted. What that ends up meaning is they could have booted my butt out of there and, and, and pushed me into a facility, long-term care or something, nursing home. And, and that's where I would have been. And I would have never got the therapy that I needed. 
And I was with a group of people that knew exactly what I needed because they evaluated me top to bottom, left to right, front to back. They knew everything about my needs and they had the plan on the board. It was a matter of getting me to make that mental response to where I was going to fire up and actually get going on it. And we were going to do it. I was getting in and out of the pool and stuff. That was kind of a highlighting time of my life uh, in, in the facility there. The pool was great. I mean, we had things that we were doing. I was going down there. I was going to the gym. I was attending the, uh, the sessions and everything. I just didn't have the mental drive. It wasn't, it wasn't working. It was, it was something that I had lost along the way and I needed to do something quick and, and recover it because we had, we had game changing situations going on with that insurance and just my recovery in general that I needed to get that. I needed to get myself together. But one thing, one thing, we started doing the counseling and, and my counselor would come in there and he would really judge based on my conditions and the things I was saying, kind of how long he would spend with me. Usually it was always an hour or a 50 minute session. And, uh, and it, and it was great because he'd come in and talk to me and he had a way of putting things that just really even if he said it in the moment there while we were in our session, sometimes I, it wouldn't really click with me until I laid down that night. That part of the day that I've, I've complained about a few times, where at the end of the day, everybody's gone at home and it's just the night staff. Night staff, if you're listening, I love you guys just as much as everybody else. I just want you to know that. I, uh, <laughs> I don't want you to get that wrong or take that the wrong way. I just... It's, it's not, it's a busy thing. It's a mind occupying situation. So during the day, mind totally occupied with everything going on at night, going freaking crazy. So that's how it was though. So this counselor, he would say things to me that wouldn't really click right off the bat sometimes, but I would lay there at night and I would think about it and I would dwell on it. And it was, it was, it was awesome. It was one of them things that, uh, that, that it started to kind of set in and one and and I was and I'd be laying there thinking like man what the heck am I doing you know what what can I do I got to turn this around like it would start to actually fit into to my thinking and there was a certain procedure there and this is one of the most important parts of everything I tell people everything i talk to so many different people that have problems that they're dealing with different challenges whether it's physical challenges mental challenges it's something that i tell everybody financial challenges i tell this same piece of the story to everybody because this is something that 99.9 percent of people can definitely relate to and it's goals okay Everybody has goals. I have goals. I make new goals every day. Sometimes I make too many goals. Things don't happen. But everybody has a goal. You always, you always, I mean, you go to school and your goal is to get done with school and move on to a better situation in your life. In my situation in this story, I kept telling myself, well, 
I'm in I'm in a I'm in good hands. I'm getting this therapy and stuff. I'm gonna walk out of here next week. So here's the problem with this. It is 100% good to have confidence and have that positive attitude. You want that. You definitely want that. But one thing you have to do is you have to set yourself when it comes to goals. You have to set yourself up to understand realistic goals. If you're setting unrealistic goals, you will do nothing but disappoint yourself. That is a route to creating your own depression in that situation and creating your own hardship there. And then it will defeat you every single time. And that's what was happening to me. I was setting these goals in my head and, and, and when they would come in and they would write down what my goals were on that board, that's where it clicked. My counselor sat down there with me and we started talking about the goals that I had on my board. Okay, and we figured out one of them goals was to walk again. But it wasn't happening. Man, at this point in time, I can't even sit up on my own without some kind of support or sitting in the right position to where I can kind of kind of balance it out there, but I can't I can't even do that. But the goal that I read on my wall every day says walk again. And that's fine. That's totally fine. It's good to have a big goal. But something you have to do in what I call them. I don't know what they call them in, in the counseling world. But uh, one thing that I call them is you have to have pit stop goals. Okay. Satellite goals. Little, little satellite goals that surround that big goal. And I call them pit stop goals. I like pit stop goals. Rest stop goals. Because you need to reach different milestones to give yourself a mental reminder that hey I'm winning I'm getting ahead okay so if I if I say for an example and this is a real example if I say okay well you know what I just moved my leg so by the end of the uh, by the end it's the middle of the month right now by the end of the month I am walking out of this place okay well on a realistic level I was not in a position to say that okay I could want that and I could I could drive for that the best I could but I had to build an acceptance with myself that that was an unrealistic goal that goal was not going to happen so instead of disappointing myself, my counselor helped teach me how to set pit stop goals. It's, it's like taking a long road trip, okay? You're driving from Gillette, Wyoming to, to uh, Denver, okay? It's not a real long road trip, but it's long enough that you, you know, it takes half the day to get there at least. And uh, the whole time you're sitting there, you're getting bummed out. It's like, can I just see them skyscrapers finally? But no, you, you got other things in between A and B that you, you have to reach. So the pit stop goals in that situation. You leave Gillette, the first pit stop, Douglas, Wyoming. 
Okay. You make it to Douglas, Wyoming, and you're like, well, hey, you know, I figured this out, and I'm exactly a fifth of the way to Denver. The next pit stop goal, Wheatland, Wyoming. Then Cheyenne. Then you're in Fort Collins and Loveland. Then you're in Denver. Okay. You give yourself something to give yourself some uh, clarity that you're actually making it. You're getting closer. So it's good to have that big goal out there. But at the same time, you need those pit stops. You need those milestones to give yourself your own inspiration. You have to do it. And that's something that I was not doing. I wasn't recognizing in full that, hey, I was talking again. I wasn't recognizing my arms are moving a little bit. Okay, I wasn't acknowledging that. I wasn't giving that the acknowledgement that it needed to have for me to back up and say, wow, I'm a little bit closer to that ultimate goal. You have to do it. Setting realistic goals is a huge, huge part. It was, it was a huge part of my recovery with this stuff. Huge part. So with that, I've stopped and I've reevaluated it. And I think about it all the time. It's a big part of everyday life. You have to be honest with yourself. Honesty with yourself. And giving yourself a realistic point of view of the situation that you are in. That is 100% the key ingredients to reaching that successful goal that you're after. I am 100% living proof of this. That's something that I, I try to teach everybody. Every every time. I teach my kids all the time. You, I know what you want. I know what you want to be when you turn 18 and you graduate high school. I know what you want to do with your life. You know, you're... Your goal is to be a doctor. That's great. So from now until then, work on them little things. Because some of the biggest things come in the smallest packages. Some of the biggest rewards. It's just like Christmas. You could you could get a box of socks that uh that that that's you know the size of a shoebox. You can get a box of socks for Christmas. I do that to people. But you got this box of socks and you're like, there's two gifts sitting there. One of them is the size of, one of them is is the size of a, a uh, half a, a, a matchbox. And the other one's the size of a shoebox. And you're like, oh my God, yeah, I'm getting the shoebox because it's the biggest one there. But you don't realize that there's a $10,000 Rolex in that little tiny box. So it's like, you can't judge and set yourself up to judge your situation based on the size of the goals. Okay, you can't do that. Because some of the smallest, littlest things are the most valuable. That's why it is so important that you set that goal out there and you do the things and you take the steps that it that's required to get to that goal you gotta have those little those little steps okay that trip to Denver boom there's Douglas we're a little closer boom there's Wheatland we're a little closer 
boom, there's Cheyenne. Man, we're about to cross the Colorado border. Right there's the Rocky Mountains, and it starts to get better. The view is better. Nothing against Wyoming, but that drive is not beautiful. <laughs> so the, the, the mountains there, that little mountain range there by Douglas, that's all right, you know. But Gillette to Douglas is nothing but oil field and prairie goats and some coal mines, so some big holes in the ground. And then from Douglas down to Wheatland, by the time you get to Wheatland, it's like I have never seen so much sagebrush and, and, and yellow grass. This year, though, uh, it wasn't that bad. We got a lot of moisture. It was a little prettier. But but no, you get down you get down there, and you're at the Colorado border, and you see the Rocky Mountains, and you're like, wow, man. Like, this is getting cool, you know? And the traffic picks up a little bit. It's a little more adrenalizing. You're on I-25 headed south. You're racing in and out of traffic, driving like the rest of the craziness. And you got the Rocky Mountains off there to, to your right. And you're looking out the window a little bit. And you almost rear end a semi-truck. I mean, things are getting exciting. And then there's Denver. And you're like, man, I came down here for a concert. And I'm finally here. I just drove five and a half hours. I seen everything. But at the closer I got to my goal, the more beautiful and the more realistic it got and it started to feel real and that's exactly the example that i'm trying to put out there with everything i tell that story to everybody every single person i talk to i tell that story set realistic goals do not set yourself up for disappointment we are all out of time on this episode i love everybody i appreciate you guys listening i really do it means a lot to me Have a good rest of your day. It's Wednesday, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, you guys.